and welcome Mavs Nation for another episode of Mavs Cast, Sports Ethos Dallas Mavericks Podcast. This is your host again, Hove Kassan, on Twitter at Hovokios, H-O-V-O-K-Y-O-S. And I'm here on uh, Friday, September 30th, in the first week of training camp. And today is the day that actually the Mavs were featured on NBA.com and the NBA app for part of their real training camp series, uh, one that we saw a couple days ago on the 28th. We saw uh, the Sixers were featured. Um, so today was the Mavs' turn. Um, what we saw with the Sixers was, you know, mic'd up, sound bites, some of their drills, uh, pretty good look into the teams. Uh, there was pretty popular clips circling around of Doc talking to James Harden and, you know, what he expects, uh, from James and, and, and Bede basically, uh, I, I forget exactly what he said. I think he said, this is not a democracy, right? He wants them to, to lead the offense and all those sorts of clips. So a lot of those are going to be circling around, uh, about the Mavs today, uh, because there were some pretty good sound clips. Uh, Jason Kidd uh, sort of showed everyone, uh, probably unintentionally, but like show, showed everyone how fun and lively he could make the atmosphere at uh, the Mavs training camp. Uh, high emphasis on defense, as we've all expected out of Jason Kidd so far. Um, we got a good look at you know, some of the, the folks, the former legends that are involved with the Mavs at this point, including Tyson Chandler, Dirk, right, that we talked about uh, earlier this week when we talked about, you know, Dirk's tennis tournament, Mavs media day, and then the Mavs first day of training camp, which were all covered in the last episode of Mavs, Mavs cast. But uh, today I wanted to really just talk about today because there was just so much to talk about even just off uh, today's event. So it started off, you have uh, NBA TV's Chris Miles uh, joined by Mavs champion Brandon Haywood. And uh, Haywood provided some really good commentary, uh, really good insight into the drills that the Mavs were running. He was very excited uh, for the Mavs season uh, and what they got going on over there under Jason Kidd. Uh, there was a point they just turned on the DMX's Rough Riders anthem, and Haywood was grooving to it, and he was saying, okay, this is not your typical training camp atmosphere. So that's definitely good to see uh, from the Mavs so far. Um, yeah, Haywood really got into the X's and O's at some point too, talking about running point splits, getting the ball to certain areas like the elbow, running split actions, getting the ball to the guards, getting it out to the three, uh, explaining some of uh, the concepts that differentiate the Mavs from a lot of different teams that like to shoot threes, like the Warriors, for example, uh, given the Warriors personnel, right? Everyone running around and, and generating these looks for these shooters like Clay and Steph, but the Mavs are all about getting to the paint. Get the ball into the paint first, collapse the defense, and then out to a three, which obviously makes sense with Luka running that offense 
uh, Jalen doing a lot of that, Jalen Brunson doing a lot of that last year, and what the team definitely needs to see out of Spencer Dinwiddie, and as we've talked about at length, the other ball handlers, whoever they may be, someone new joining the team, or as we'll talk about uh, in a sec, you know, some some of these younger guys, or not necessarily younger, because Frank is one of the names uh, that came up, uh, but these sort of role players that are often overlooked because they're not as much established scorers in the league. Um, but, you know, in, in, in a backup situation or regular season, right, they're, you know, called into the line of duty with either Spencer or Luca being out for a game here or there that may be able to perform, right? So they start off training camp with the defensive drill. That was one thing that was noted. Um, a lot, a lot of defense that we saw uh, over here. Um, Luca actually got on the court. Uh, he was, I think they listed him as a full participant. Uh, you know, there was times he's taking it easy, but actually a lot of times he was very involved, uh, very energetic. Uh, I think just off that first drill, so... He was playing the sort of, you know, Luca defense where he's guarding the lane, which he doesn't have to do as much anymore uh, this year with uh, certainly with JaVale there, but also with uh, Christian Wood there too. Um, but, you know, it's it's something that Luca likes to do. He's not as much of a uh, energetic on the ball, you know, point defender. We saw how that went, especially with him exerting as much energy and then getting picked on by the Suns in a couple of those games in that series. But actually you know despite playing you know very off his man and and sort of playing that sort of free safety sort of role he was actually attacking um, or or closing out um, very quickly for someone who's in training camp and who's the face of the franchise who we just talked about you know did not participate in the first day of training camp you know as a um, in terms of actually running the drills but good to see right um luca was very involved he was mic'd up he was joking around in true luca fashion uh we saw some clips of him uh joking around with assistant coaches pulling the hoodies over their heads uh dirk sitting over there involved uh, with the front office and 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 the assistant coaches joking around talking about pickleball right um you know it's like dirk you're playing pickleball now so dirk apparently is incredibly into racket sports all of a sudden um luca getting along very well with jason kidd there's a point where he picks up the ball to do a half court shot and kids like put the ball down and you're not gonna hit the shot to to send us home uh early you know like no one let this man shoot right uh i think he actually knocked out one of the half court shots later on too but uh, just to see that chemistry of joking around and all that is, you know, I feel like, you know, so, it, it's so far removed from what you had with, with Rick Carlisle, um, as great of a coach as he was, right? Um, first and foremost, it's you got to have your main star like the team and the franchise and the personnel that he's with, uh, especially considering, you know, yeah, he has the extension, but... There is going to come a point, 
at some point where he, he's going to have to decide between staying in Dallas or not. And hopefully by that point, you know, for Mavs fans, uh, the Mavs will have multiple championships, which will help convince Luca to stay at that point too. But getting really ahead of ourselves there. But um, some of the other things we saw, um, speaking about the uh, the assistants, the personnel development coaches that were there, uh, Tyson Chandler is going to be around a lot this season, helping the bigs, and actually it was very involved, uh, leading the huddles, leading the drills, uh, participating in the drills, uh, getting matched up against uh, the bigs and their defensive drills, um, cheering the team on, especially the bigs, uh, JaVale getting alley-oops from Luka, uh, JaVale blocking shots, and you see Tyson, you know, going crazy on the sideline getting excited so that can only be a great thing for the Mavs uh, another Mavs champion in addition to to Haywood uh, that was there in the building so Mavs seem to be in very good hands uh, we already know about Jared Dudley we already know about uh, Sean Sweeney working heavily with Christian Wood um, you have uh, uh, Greg St. Jean who pretty much the entire coaching staff was wearing the same shirt. People were wondering, where's this shirt come from? Uh, it was like an Indiana Jones map with a um, with a font and everything that said Summer of St. Jean um, that basically all the coaches were wearing. And we just got an explanation for that. It was basically um, referencing, you know, Greg St. Jean, the fact that he was uh, traveling all around. It was in Germany and um, all around Europe this summer. Uh, and most notably, you know, he was, uh, I could, I would say starring in, um, the Netflix movie hustle, right. Which, uh, of course many, most basketball fans have probably seen at this point. Um, definitely a great watch. So, uh, you know, the team has a lot of energy, very enthusiastic, very like family, like atmosphere. Um, you had, Jared Dudley leading the pick and roll drills. So basically uh, what they did was they were having, you know, the guards take the ball up offensively and then they would have the bigs defensively guard in the pick and roll. You would have uh, coaching staff basically act as the guard defender and the big offensive player setting the screen. Um, and then they would do the switch and then the guard would take it to the um, to the big and they started off with Luca, so the guard chooses the big that's going to guard them. Uh, Luca immediately um, picked Maxi Kleba to go against them, like without hesitation. Um, Maxi actually did really well. Luca couldn't convert. He had a tough circus shot that didn't go in. Um, who else do you had? You had you had Davis Bertans uh, first listed as a guard. I don't know if that was sarcasm or a mistake. But um, you know everyone's laughing about it. But eventually he was a he was a big on that drill. Um, I still maintain what I say about Davis, and it's not like a hot take or anything. But you know, Davis obviously you don't want him as a big um, playing defense, protecting the rim in you know this year's playoffs, or probably not even in the regular season. Uh, I want to see him more solidly in the role as a small forward. Uh, definitely not as a center, which he was at times, um, like in the Warrior series. But 
you know, he won't have to be with, with Christian Wood here. And hopefully, you know, Maxi stays healthy with, with those two guys, even in the lineups where you want five shooters and, and Travell and Dwight aren't on the, on the court. Um, there should be no need for, for Davis to be playing center. But um, he he tries. It definitely tries. He doesn't have the strength. He doesn't have the length. He doesn't have the vertical, you know, basically the athletic qualities for it. Um, but, yeah, so there was that. You had, I, I guess I'll just go right into it, but Josh Green, who's sort of the talk of uh, the day so far. Um, one of the one of the talks of the day, but definitely the biggest talk of the day um, that I've seen the buzz for. So I kind of buried the lead there, but Josh Green was consistently performing today. Uh, he picked Dwight. He, you know, for those pick and roll drills, looked super explosive. He looked crafty, I would say, um, sort of, you know, with with the moves, driving in, you know, reverse layups. Um, later on, they did some five on five, or I think it might have been five on four, full court scrimmage. Um, Josh on both ends of the floor was just everywhere, knocking down, swishing multiple threes, uh, driving in, kicking. He had like Davis as a as a cutter and just putting the moves on on guys as he drives in and just dishes it, um, or takes it in, finishes it himself. Like he was, he was, he was out there today um yeah people yeah he had people tweeting like uh, this is josh green today and then put a picture of ray allen and then like a few minutes later it's like oh no this is josh green today and it was a picture of jordan so uh my thoughts on that is of course that's obviously much better to see than to not see right um it was only a few days ago that i sort of commented on how nico harrison was uh uh, listing him as you know one of their options to replace brunson as ball handler and then i pretty much dismissed it now today i'm not putting too much into it and i'm not like forgetting what happened last year obviously um and you know what we've seen so far out of him in actual like real game action but I think today definitely, you know, raised the chances that we could see a turnaround and real development from him. So the story on him was he spent all summer with a bunch of his personal trainers, with um, Miami Heat guard Kyle Lowry um, and some other folks in Vegas pretty much the whole summer. Jason Kidd commented on it saying his hard work is really showing uh he basically talked about how Josh Green basically watched the horror movies, right? Re- referring to his own performance uh, last season, right? And how he sort of didn't live up to the hype that, that Mavs fans were expecting. And, um, you know, he even said it in his own words. It was tough to watch. So he he knows it, right? He knows it could be better. So this is great to see. Um Hope to continue to see this in training cap. Um, definitely should be seeing it in the preseason, but obviously where we really want to see it uh, for the Mavs is in the actual games, right? Like, let's see it in a regular season. Then we'll see how the season goes. We'll see if he can uh, continue through to higher and higher, you know, levels of play. Uh, because one of the things is 
his training camp, right? I commented on Luca, yeah, you know, showing energy at points, but a, a lot of other points, knowing his training camp. The veterans are not going as hard as him. Like, no matter what you want to say. Like, Travel, yes, Travel was actually going pretty hard. He went up for a rebound. There was, like, three guys draped all over him, and he's still, like, fighting for the ball. Fell to the ground. Jason Kidd uh, stopped, you know, stopped the drill immediately and said, pick him up, right? Um, you know, pick up your teammate, that sort of thing. But Javel was really going after it, like, you you don't really expect the veterans to to go hard there, and Josh Green has to go hard um, at training camp. Like if he if he doesn't, it's an even worse look, right? Because yeah, we talk about you need that that Brunson replacement, that hole that Brunson left. We need to you know uh, see the Mavs find a way to uh, to fill that, but you know. He he still has to pass Frank in that aspect. He still has to pass um, uh, Jaden Hardy. Well, I guess he doesn't have to pass Jaden Hardy in that aspect, but he has to compete with Jaden Hardy in that aspect. So he still needs to show what he's got if he's going to take that role into a regular season and get those reps because those reps are going to be the best way that uh, he's going to get ready in, in the playoffs, right? It's one thing to do it here and right now. So uh, those are my general thoughts on Josh Green. But impressive, I'm impressed, so I'm going to keep an eye on it, but I'm still keeping in mind, uh, you know, the fact that it's it's just practice for now. Uh, practice? You know, everyone knows. So, um, I mentioned Jaden Hardy. Uh, Jaden Hardy had an insane highlight play. Um, check it out sometime. Um, I'll actually, I'll, I'll, I'll find a... I'll find a tweet video of it. So uh, check my Twitter. I'll have it retweeted. But um, Jaden Hardy uh, basically had a sham god dribble into a Euro step on Maxi Kleba, who, as I mentioned, Luca didn't score against, right? Took it to the hole, scored, sort of reverse layup, fell to the floor. The team gathered around on him, picked him up, like went crazy. Um, I'm sure you felt like the man over there, but um, that's obviously something you love to see out of out of Jaden Hardy. We know he has that talent. We've been talking constantly about the fact that they wanted to draft him at 26. They traded a pick away to get Christian Wood, and they still got their guy in the second round. Um, and that potential that we say is a value in the second round. Uh, but of course, remembering his performance so far, what we saw in the summer league, still sticks in my mind. Um, me personally being there and scouting it, um, I still stand by like all of that. Uh, similar to Josh Green, I say this is obviously encouraging to see, better than not seeing it. But um, you know, we'll see how he how he comes along, how he develops. I'm talking specifically about this year, right? Like his, I'm, I'm super excited for him past this year but i'm just talking about this year since i see the mavs as competing for a championship this year and i think he could be a part of that sort of trio of guys that we mentioned and then nico also mentioned tyler dorsey too that could be another one of those guards that picks it up off the bench um, but of course you know you already have tim hardaway jr coming off the bench anyway too so there's going to be a battle for for minutes from 
some of these backup guards that we see. Like, of course, we know Frank is going to be the, you know, more of the defensive guy. But um, it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, Mavs guards, you know, they might be super deep compared to, you know, what, what people have been talking about. Um, for for Hardy, another thing is um, Luca was mentoring Hardy quite a bit. So we had it mic'd up, you know, just going up to, to Hardy after after a drill session and, you know, telling him like, okay, those two over there were open, you know, that, that sort of way that Luca thinks, right? Like everyone... Not everyone, but so many people see Luca as this sort of ball hoggy guy, just like has the ball in his hands so much uh, during a possession. And he does. He dribbles the ball a lot, but he obviously is one of the best passers in the league, has among the best passing vision in the league. And sort of transferring that over as well as the psychology of Luca, Luca, I feel, is still a pass-first-ish player in the mold of LeBron where, on uh, you know, any given day, any given game, you could say he's pass-first or score-first. Um, and that's, of course, one of the things that we all love about Luka is time comes to score, like, he's there. He's a beast. He's going to do it, right? Um, what we didn't see from Tatum in the finals, right? But what better guy than you know a future hall of famer and luca mentoring hardy someone who has that you know pass first and also score first mentality i think that's exactly what uh, Jaden hardy is going to need so that was also another thing that was encouraging to see uh i mentioned the sham god he he did that right in front of god sham god right uh, another one of mavs uh player development coaches so that was also great to see uh, i wonder who he learned it from right uh, another thing on Hardy. So there was uh, Nico Harrison was pulled aside to talk to uh, uh, Miles and Haywood, and uh, he spent a few minutes talking to them. The clips are are up on NBA.com uh, after the fact. Uh, one of the things that Nico Harrison talked about was, you know, Jaden Hardy. He's got to figure out when to score, pick your spots. You know, this is where you need to get to to get your shot. This is the time that you need to pass. All those sorts of things that we're talking about. But also, you got to live with some bad shots, right? And one of the things that I mentioned in my scouting analysis of, of of Hardy from the Summer League is he actually is that guy that can take and make some of those shots that normally you would say this is a bad shot, that the analytics would say this is a bad shot, that even the coaches would say this is a bad shot. But there are certain players and there are certain times in basketball where that shot just needs to be taken. Like your offense stagnated for one reason or another, uh, for fault of either one player or another. It doesn't matter. The team played, you know, the opposing team played great defense. Whatever it is, it's late in the shot clock. You just got to take that shot. There's only a few players that could actually make that shot in in the grand scheme of, you know, NBA rosters as a whole, right? And Jaden Hardy could definitely be one of those players. So I think. That's one of the things that was being referenced there and one of the things that I've pointed out. So um, it's like don't take too many of those bad shots, but you don't have to completely eliminate that from your game because that's part of what gives you that like 
that killer instinct, right? That that some players have and some players just don't, and it's fine, and they stay role players, right? Um, other things that Nico talked about, um, he was asked about the trade uh, from last season, midseason trade, trading away Porzingis. Um, you know, kind of generic answer said, you know, okay, we turned one player into two. Um, kind of disagree about that, like in 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 terms of the logic behind that. But you know, he was he was praising Davis Bertans a ton, who is a contract that most people don't like, but he's still a valuable rotation player. He's a valuable specialist. He's um, he gives it. I don't want to say he gives it his all, but he gives a lot out on the court um even the things that he's not a specialist at which is you know three-point shooting obviously he's a cutter like i mentioned he picks up on defense to the best of his ability but you know that's still something you want to see out of a player who's going to be ninth or tenth in the rotation so in many playoff games he's not gonna play too much if not at all um if, if the team's fully healthy so um so yeah, but I, you know, I, praising it, praising him too much on that, like I feel like it's kind of, yeah, he's proud of what he did and he wants to, and it was a great trade. It was a great trade, but I feel like they're just um, sticking too much on it. But of course, mentioned Dinwiddie getting that as the additional ball handler, you know, with, you know, the prospect of Brunson uh, leaving in free agency last year that obviously made that trade decision uh, so much better. So that was uh, one thing they talked about. Another one was, you know, replacing Brunson again. I feel like this question comes up every time, as does the the trade question. Um, But I actually liked this answer that he gave. Now they're better at the five, better at protecting the rim, grabbing rebounds, they're a bigger lineup. And this is what I've been saying, right? And I think if you look at, offensively what Christian Wood brings compared to what Jalen Brunson wing uh, brings but now you have a bigger lineup because of it like you're shifting like you still have a player that could score offensively in a lot of the similar ways um not necessarily like technique wise right or the plays that you run with him but just the fact that you could let him generate offense or the off ball or like less ball dominant nature of Christian Wood compared to what you had with Porzingis, or even compared to what you had with Jalen Brunson, um, they're better off for it. Uh, the other thing that Nico said with respect to replacing Brunson that I didn't hear him say on media day, um, and I mentioned as this is what he should have said, so I'm glad to hear it now, but Tim Hardaway Jr., he's basically a free agent for this team right and especially him coming off the bench well like we talked about doesn't we're christian what doesn't really talk about who's on the bench off the bench because tim is obviously going to spend a ton of time with the bench unit whenever luca's not in so you're going to see a lot of tim and and tim together you're actually going to see a lot of luca and tim together as well um as well as tim and and, and luca so essentially i i see that three guard rotation basically Tim sliding in with Brunson doing slightly different things while also, you know, being able to provide the important things that they're always going to need, right? A bigger body, yeah, Jalen Brunson exerts a lot of energy on defense. Um, 
we all love him for that, but he's still more of like a Fred Van Vliet sort of mold. Um, worse on defense than, than Fred Van Vliet, but still in that mold where, yes, for his size, he's he's an excellent defender, but you still have to qualify it with for his size, right? And and Tim comes in motivated with this team and everything. Um, I feel like you're just in a better position there anyway. Um, so I agree with, with, uh, with Nico on that. Um, he mentioned Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, you know, he, he's been a six man of the year candidate, uh, previously actually while Brunson was still there as well. Um, he said that Tim Hardaway is going to be a better defender with under, under Jason Kidd and Sean Sweeney. Um, you know, we've seen him under Jason Kidd for a little bit, but obviously didn't get the full slate, didn't see as much of what happened with that team defensively after the Przingis trade, uh, after the all-star break in, in that run to the fourth seed and obviously not in, in the playoffs either. So, um, I definitely think we could see something completely new out of, out of Tim. Um, Nico also mentioned, you know, Luca being overseas means we could start out the season better this year, hit the ground running. He's more in shape and <laughs> see that as a shot at Luca's, you know, last year's preparedness or not. Um, however you want to see it but um, the question was basically about you know how do you feel about him playing overseas is he getting overworked and all those sorts of things but he was very positive about it all um, and seeing that motivation and everything that that Luca gets from the national team and uh, you know spending time back in his home continent and everything so uh, all great to see Um, but yeah, I think that covers uh, most of it. So tomorrow, for those in Dallas, it's basically um, the Fan Jam. Um, tomorrow on Saturday um, at uh, American Airlines Center, it's a free practice that's open to all. It starts at uh, 11 a.m. Um, I'm obviously not in Dallas, but anyone who is, that's definitely something worth uh, checking out. Um, yeah, so I'll come back to you with another episode in a few days as we get more developments. 